Fantasy football season is back. Football is here. The Kansas City Chiefs are finally kicking off the NFL season. I, for one, cannot wait. I'm Justin Michael, and we are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about the fantasy football expectations for the former Colorado State Rams. I'm also going to talk about just the best former Mountain West players that you should try and get on your fantasy team. At this point, I know a lot of people have already had drafts. Probably should have done this like a week ago, but I think it's still relevant and it'll just be fun to kind of go over the projections. I'll talk about some sleeper guys that are potentially available via free agency. And we'll just kind of talk about, you know, the expectations for these guys this season, what I think they're going to do, what they've done in the past, all of that fun stuff. Before we do it, though, got to acknowledge the homies over at Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Guys, there's nothing better than an ice-cold avalanche ale. We're going to be watching all kinds of football this weekend. You know you're going to want some beers. I can't think of anything more versatile than the avalanche ale. It goes perfect by itself. goes nice with snacks. You know, you're eating something salty. It works as a nice pair with a meal. Just one of those classic, really versatile, you know, amber American ales. It doesn't really get any better than that. If you're in the Denver metro area, check out the farmhouse. It's opened. It's socially distanced. Beautiful setup for outdoor dining. You're really, really, really going to love it. From 12 to 8 p.m., you can also do curbside pickup ordering. And, you know, finally, if you just want to get some beer, get it delivered straight to your apartment, your house via Drizzly. Super, super clutch. Technology is here. It's taking all the inconvenience out of beer shopping. If you're a frequent listener of the podcast, you know I love the Breck Beer Locator. It'll tell you the closest liquor store near you with ice-cold Breckenridge brews. I just, I hate that awkward process of, you know, wandering up and down the aisles trying to see if they have the beers I like. The Breck Beer Locator, I can just hop on there, go where I know they'll have the product that I want, and just take, you know, any worries I may have out of the equation. Shout out to Breck, shout out to Drizzly. We love them. Talking fantasy football. <laughs> All right, let's let's just talk right about it. Let's get right into it. Let's talk a little fantasy football. Before we jump into it, though, I did want to just very quickly shout out Josh Watson, a a guy who obviously was really really productive during his time at CSU, a, a multi year contributor, a multi year captain, a dude that just you know, made a made a solid impact on the defense during some tough times, let's be honest. He didn't always necessarily get to play on the best groups, but definitely had a nice CSU career, was able to overcome the obstacles by making the roster as an undrafted free agent last season. Unfortunately, not quite so lucky this time around. Ended up getting cut by the Denver Broncos. If there is a silver lining, though, he's going to stick around with the organization, and, you know, especially given now the... Uh, the news about Von Miller, it wouldn't surprise me at all if if Watson ends up, you know, back just in the mix somehow. Kind of got forced out, you know, when they acquired Barron and some of these other veteran guys. It just kind of took his role. But it's clear that they still value him. They they kept him around along with Devontae Bowsby, who was kind of another guy that I really expected to make the Broncos roster and, and surprised me a little bit. A Hollins as well, outside edge rusher. Just kind of an interesting situation, but... Shout out to Josh. You know, I hope he gets another chance to make the roster at some point. I I bet he will, just given how weird the season's going to be. Uh, but I just want to make sure that I acknowledged him. You know, he's we're, we're still rooting for him up in Rams country. And, you know, hopefully he's able to end up getting a, a spot back on that active roster. 
cool, 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 cool. Cool. One more for good measure. Man, I, I honestly, I wasn't sure if I wanted to play fantasy football this season. I really, really considered taking the year off. I've, as far as I can remember, I think I've played every single year since 2004. I was in like the, the fourth grade, I think. That was the first year that I decided to play fantasy football. Back, we still, I think we still had dial-up internet, maybe. So maybe it was like 2002, 2003. I remember before I was in an official league, I used to help my dad with his roster decisions because obviously, you know, he had a, a real job and, and things to worry about. I was just a kid who watched way too much sports center, way too much football. I was just obsessed with the NFL. So, you know, when I was younger, his team was kind of my team by adoption. But eventually I just started, you know, I would pick some guys. I would write them down on a piece of paper and I would just, I'd go see how they did. And I would kind of try and figure out, you know, what would my fantasy score have been? Would my team have beaten my dad's team? And I just kind of miss those days. You know, I remember uh, Ruben Drones, if, if that, that shows you how long it's been. I remember just wanting him because I loved the way he ran with the Broncos. And I was a big Tiki Barber fan for some reason. I don't, I don't really know what it was about him. He was, you know, a good running back for sure. But, you know, nothing necessarily, you know, no, no Adrian Peterson or Barry Sanders or something like that. I'm not really sure what my infatuation with him and and I really liked the New York Giants in general. Maybe I just really liked Eli. I kind of like their their colors. I know they're really they're pretty bland, red and blue. I don't know. I just something about the Giants growing up. I always kind of rooted for them. Broncos, you know, through and through, but I was just kind of drawn to their players, I guess. But anyways, obviously I've I've gotten way into fantasy over the years. Honestly, I haven't had I don't think I've had as much success as I would guess for somebody that pays as much attention to this as I do. And, and I think part of it is, is just luck. You need so many things to go your way in a, in a typical season. Obviously, you know, you got to you know, pick your team well, you got to draft well, you got to make smart decisions on the waiver wire, all that type of stuff. But really, you know, you need to be fortunate. You need your guys to stay healthy. You need to just not be the guy that plays the team that goes off. There's always one, you know, person, guy or girl in the league. Don't need to bring gender into it. Lots of lots of women play fantasy football as well. Shout out to all the female listeners out there listening to the Rams podcast. But, you know, there's always that one person in the league that just has the worst luck. You know, the guy that whose first round pick doesn't end up playing the person who, you know, scores in the top four you know, three or four points every single week, but always faces the person who scores the most points. I swear, half the time I am that person. My, I'll, I'll be the guy who scores the second most points in any given week and lose to the person that scores the most. Two or three seasons ago, that happened to me. I think like five times in an eight-week stretch. It was absolutely absurd. <laughs> absolutely insane. Uh, one of the more unlucky seasons I've had. Last year... Last year, my fantasy luck was terrible, man. I took A.J. Green, who, di who didn't play at all, obviously. I knew he was going to miss some time early, but I thought he would come back late. I had Antonio Brown. We all know how that situation played out. Absolute disaster. And, and for the cherry on top, I had Josh Gordon, who uh, didn't manage to stay on a roster because he never seems to be able to. So it, it, it was uh, some tough sledding for me with fantasy football last year. This year, I decided I'm trying to take 
guys who are just going to be less risks, high character guys, guys who traditionally, you know, don't get hurt as frequently. We'll see how it plays out for you. I'm not going to be that guy that goes over his entire fantasy team. But just a couple of tidbits here that are kind of relevant to the conversation we're going to be having on the podcast. In the second round, granted, my league's a little bit different. You start two quarterbacks. You have three on the roster. You start two every week. I actually don't love it, to be honest, but I, I joined the league, so I didn't get to pick that format. Makes the, makes the points really high scoring. It, it makes it intriguing. You really got to be on top of it. But anyways, I decided to take Kyler Murray instead of Josh Allen. I was kind of torn on the decision, and, and I'm going to talk about it more why, because in, in a little bit, I should say, I, I do think Josh Allen is potentially in, in a pop year. You know, I think he's probably going to have a pretty decent season. But I just love Kyler Murray. I love the I love the ability to improvise. I like that you also get the benefit that he's probably going to rush for some touchdowns as well. Obviously, that's why everybody's in on Lamar right now. And just, you know, given that we do play two quarterbacks, I, I thought it would be fun to have kind of a, a young and up-and-comer. I actually ended up with Drew Locke, too, who I took way late at the end of the draft. Kind of surprising that he was even a, available, but if Locke ends up popping, that'll be fun for me as a Broncos fan. I've, I've had that in the past where, you know, you take the guys on your favorite team and then they don't produce, and then when you lose, it's just such... <laughs> it's just such a combination of emotions when your favorite team loses, your fantasy team loses, your favorite guys don't produce. And it's one of those where it's just like, God, can I get a freaking break this weekend? But I did end up with Locke. I'm hopefully not going to rely on him. Uh, and maybe I'll move him. You know, if a Broncos fan really gets obsessed with him, I have Cortland Sutton too. Uh, and then, you know, just from a mountain West perspective, since that's what we're going to talk about today, I do have Preston Williams, who I think potentially is, I think he could be in for like a Pro Bowl type season. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to get into it and more. Uh, before we talk about all this fantasy football stuff, though, got to shout out the homies over at DraftKings. Now is the time to celebrate. That's right. Football is here, baby. And to kick off football's 101st season, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, giving all users a no-brainer to start the season. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss this. Have you ever heard of a football team losing by 100 points? Well, for week one, DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring that even if Kansas City were to lose in historic fashion, you'd still cash your bet. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread to Kansas City plus 101 for all users. So even if Kansas City loses by 100 points, you still win big with DraftKings Sportsbook. That's a no-brainer. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving away up to $100 million in prizes to all users who enter their free football survivor pool. All you have to do is sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, enter their survivor pool, and you'll instantly get a share of up to $100 million. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. You don't want to miss this offer. Pick any team during week one, Bet $1 on them and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when they use the promo code DNVR during their signup. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I don't know about you guys. 
but I am so excited to finally be able to legally bet on football games in the state of Colorado. It's been so fun this whole summer just betting on all kinds of stuff, but football has always been, you know, kind of my my forte when it comes to this field, at least. I've always done pick and I love to look at the spreads. I'm a big fantasy player. I love every element of that, and I'm just, I'm really excited to see one, you know, the game itself really embracing it. If, if you notice, the University of Colorado actually signed with a with a gambling company, which is kind of significant. We're just kind of seeing the sports world finally just chill out a little bit. I don't know. There was al- there's always been this weird balance of, you know, should should gambling be allowed? You know, is it too taboo? I'm one of those guys, you know, like do whatever you want with your money. It's it's your thing. I think gambling's a ton of fun. I think sports betting's a ton of fun. And it's going to be an awesome, awesome experience to be able to bet on football games. I am kind of nervous early. We just, we didn't get a preseason. So, you know, we don't really know what we're going to get out of these teams. Games are always weird early anyways. But now there's not going to be any home field advantage for anyone really. And I could see a situation where there's just a lot of mistackling you know, a lot of procedural penalties, just a lot of, you know, general slop show because, you know, they they just haven't had a chance to really get that live game action yet. But either way, I'll take the risk, you know, let let it ride. Let's let's throw some money down and and let's make these games a lot more fun. I'm going to be posting about it on Twitter. Uh, There's there's not going to be a college football season for CSU for the Mountain West in 2020. So, you know, got to get kind of creative with the content. Obviously, you know, we're going to talk CSU, always going to be talking CSU, always going to be creating CSU content, but we also are going to lean a little bit more NFL this fall. Just, you know, makes sense. You know, there's no Mountain West, so we got to do what we got to do. Anyways, with that in mind, let's kind of talk about some of this. Let's talk fantasy football. Let's talk about who are some of the CSU Rams you should try and get on your team, some of the best players out of the Mountain West, all of that fun stuff. Uh, before Before we get into it, I kind of ranked these guys into three tiers. Now, tier one, guys you definitely would want to spend a draft pick on, guys that are definitely worth keeping on your roster. Uh, you know, I'll put the stamp of approval, give it the old just JTM guarantee, whatever, however you want to say it. Tier two, guys that are I think are going to produce, guys you would definitely have on your roster. Not guys you would necessarily take early, uh, but guys that you know should have good seasons. And then we've got tier three, which is kind of guys who are hit or miss, guys who I could see breaking out, but you know don't necessarily have that established history of you know being big point producers or anything like that. Fantasy football is tricky because it's it's not necessarily an indicator of who the best football players are. At times it is, but it really it's just a matter of you know who gets used the best within their systems and who who looks out with matchups and all that type of stuff. Fantasy is a, a whole different world. I don't know. It's, it's just been crazy to see how big it's gotten over the last 15 years. Before we really get into this, I will say if you're looking for IDP recommendations, uh, individual defensive players, not really going to be the podcast for you. I hate IDPs. I think it's boring. I'm not about that. Um, I'll throw some names out there. I, I did throw some names some just to acknowledge them, but not really going to go over it in detail because... You know, even the best individual defensive player is good for just like a couple of points a week. I don't I don't really understand the the point of it unless you're going to, you know, really emphasize sacks or picks or something like that. But 
Uh, anyways, you know, obviously going to lean offense because that is the way of fantasy football. So starting with the tier one guys, the the guys you would absolutely want on your roster. Number one's an easy choice. It's it's a guy who's probably a, a first round pick, de- depending on the size of your league. Definitely an early second rounder. Devontae Adams, Green Bay Packers wide receiver, formerly of Fresno State. Just one of the best playmakers in the league. Probably probably my number two wide receiver in the NFL right now, uh, just behind Michael Thomas from a fantasy football perspective. A lot of really, really talented wide receivers in the league right now, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge, huge DeAndre Hopkins guy. Uh, I think AJ Green could do some things now that he's healthy. There's just there's a ton of guys that go out there and ball. From a from a fantasy football perspective, though, there's just there's a couple of things that kind of separate Devontae Adams from the rest of the pack, along with Michael Thomas. One, it's the the big playability. You're going to get a lot of receiving yards. If you're in a PPR league, you know he's going to rack up the receptions. Had 83 catches last year on 127 targets, the second most in his career. The the only concern you have when it comes to Devontae Adams is health, longevity. He's only played in all 16 games twice in his career. Hasn't done so since 2016. Missed four games with injury last year. Even so, though, you know, Still at 127 targets, the most on the team, second most of his career. 83 catches, averaged 12 yards per catch, and found the end zone five times. If I'm a betting man, which I am, I've said it you know plenty of times in the past. I really think Adams is going to put up eight to you know 10 or 12 touchdowns this year. I think he's a guy who's going to be really solid, really consistent in the red zone, but he's still athletic enough to make those plays in the open field, potentially break one. And at the end of the day, you know. There aren't a lot of wide receivers that are clear and cut, you know, their quarterback's number one guy, the guy that they're going to lean on. That is Adams for Aaron Rodgers. It's his safety blanket. It's his favorite target. If you have a chance to get Devontae Adams on your team, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Just like that 101-point spread for, for Kansas City on DraftKings, getting Devontae Adams on your team is a no-brainer. All right, cool. Keeping things going with the tier one guys, guys you would absolutely want on your team this year. Got to go Got to go with quarterback Derek Carr. Now, I'm a Broncos fan. I know he's a Raiders fan, boo, all that. But you know they're going to throw the hell out of the football. Gruden loves to throw the football. He, he's really not the sexiest fantasy quarterback in the world. But if, if you don't have a chance to get one of those, you know, top eight or nine guys, Really, I think 10 through 25 are, are, are fairly similar, but I think there's a lot of upside, a lot of upside with Derek Carr. When you look, when you look at the numbers, he completed 70% of his passes last season for the first time in his career, threw for over 4,000 yards, you know, emphasizes just how much they're, they're leaning on that passing game. He only turned the ball over eight times last year, which that really shows he's making good decisions with the football. 21 touchdown passes isn't a ton Definitely would like to see more of those as a fantasy QB. But I think he's going to benefit from the addition of Henry Ruggs. Big time, you know, deep threat down the field. Just a burner with speed. Darren Waller is a really, really talented tight end. I could just see a situation where Carr really comes into his own this season. He's he's a guy who traditionally doesn't get a lot of love, but I think he's kind of slept on. I, I really do. And, you know, I, like I said, I wouldn't take him early. He's not necessarily a guy that I would want to invest in early pick on. But especially if you don't end up with one of those top quarterbacks, Derek Carr is an awesome option. 
if he's your number two guy, especially because then you have the security of a guy who, you know, is going to produce, but potentially could pop and end up being like a top 10 statistical quarterback from a fantasy football perspective, really, really high on Derek Carr this year. The, the last tier one guy I have, I was kind of on the fence about, because like I said, the tier two guys are, are still guys you would want on your team. I'm just not necessarily putting the guarantee that they're going to put up numbers this year. I, I think Allen is, is probably in for his best season yet. I, I did say earlier that I took Kyler Murray over him, which kind of shows, you know, I'm on the fence with him. He's a guy who I love his arm strength. I always have. I just, I need to see more consistency from him. He, you know, he's, he's projected to have a, a good season. You know, most fantasy football rankings had him around the, the number 10 quarterback, which is probably fair. Like I said, there's really, there's not a lot of discrepancy once you get past the top eight or nine guys, 10 through 20, 25, all basically end up being around the same spot. And that's why if you're not in a league like mine, where you start two quarterbacks, you know, you, you're really going to try and load up on, on running backs and receivers because they're just so much more important. But I, I do think that that I, Allen, got to make sure I call him the right name. I'm super hesitant. I always want to call him Josh Adams, who's obviously the former Wyoming basketball player. Uh, one of my favorite Mountain West basketball players. I know CSU fans don't want to hear that, but he came from Parker out of Chaparral, a guy who should have been a Ram, definitely balled out against the Rams. But Josh Allen going into year three has a ton of upside through twice as many touchdowns as interceptions last year and, and cut his interceptions down by 25%. To me, that kind of, that's an indicator that he's learning to make better decisions with the football, which was obviously, you know, a big problem of his at Wyoming. He just, he tried to do too much and, you know, in his defense, he kind of had to, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of talent around him at the wide receiver position, especially once he lost Tanner Gentry. I mean, his best receiving option was, God, I'd probably Conway, the kid out of Overland, who, you know, was a converted basketball player, one-time quarterback. I don't. He just he didn't have a lot of a lot of talent around him at wide receiver, and I think that probably led him to just you know force some things that weren't there. But last year, you know, he increased his completion percentage from fifty-three to fifty-nine, encouraging. Want to see him get over, you know, 65, closer to 70, but, you know, he is completing more passes. He's limiting his interceptions. He's making better decisions with the football. Obviously, he has a big arm. They brought in Stephon Diggs. That gives him a legitimate number one wide receiver option for maybe the first time in his entire, you know, career. I had a lot of love for Tanner Gentry. He was a great dude, a talented Mountain West wide receiver. Diggs is on another level. Hopefully, you know, the addition of Diggs will mean good things for Allen from a fantasy production standpoint. We'll just have to see. He's one of those guys who obviously he could really boom and end up being like a top five guy. He's got a huge arm. You're going to get the benefit of rushing yards and all that. That's all nice from a fantasy perspective as well. He's also a guy who could just go, you know, really quiet and and throw no touchdowns and a couple of picks on any given week. And that just makes me kind of nervous. So that's kind of why I had him on the fringe tier one, tier two. Definitely a guy you'd want on your roster, but not necessarily a dude that I'd feel super confident about if he was my number one QB, at least going in. All right, kicking things off with the tier two guys, that's kind of when we start to get involved with the former CSU Rams. Some guys are going to listen, some CSU fans are going to listen to this podcast and and so that I wasn't high enough on some of the receivers. I get it. I think they're going to have nice years, but you know, when it comes to fantasy football, I'm just trying to give you guys the best advice possible. 
if you can get anyone that's a former Ram, I think I'd probably go with Preston Williams. I think Michael Gallup's in for a really nice year. I have I have Gallup and Williams both listed as tier two. And, and I'll talk about the different reasons why. With Williams, I think he's essentially going to be Miami's number one. You know, he made seven starts last year, played in eight games, and he was just a machine for him, man. When you look at some of these numbers, 32 catches, three touchdowns, and seven starts. Impressive. You know, it doesn't necessarily, you know, jump off the screen or anything like that. But what really stood out to me, he had 32 catches, 24 of them went for a first down. 75% of his catches last season went for a first down or a score. That, that shows just how productive he was down the field. He's not a guy who's, you know, going to dink and dunk and, and get you a bunch of, you know, get you nine receptions for 30 yards, you know, and rack up the PPR points. He's a guy who's going to rack up receiving yards. He's going to score. He's going to make big plays down the field. And the only reason I don't have him in tier one right now is because he's coming off of the ACL injury. I think he, he looks really great in all the videos I've seen. But, you know, it's still it's still tough. You don't have a preseason. Going to have to get used to contact, all of that. And then it's just kind of a weird situation with Fitzpatrick and Tua. Probably going to play with two different quarterbacks this year. That can mess up his timing, his rhythm. But overall, if he plays to his full potential, man, Preston is going to do big, big things in Miami. Don't sleep on him. Don't sleep on him at all. When it, when it comes to Gallup, he's obviously well-established as a, as a starting wide receiver in Dallas. Recently, you know, got called a number one wide receiver, all of that great stuff. I have, um, you know, I, I want him to ball out 113 targets last year, finished with 66 grabs, 1,100 receiving yards, six touchdowns, all career highs. Did have too many drops. That was one thing that Ed Werger talked about on the podcast. Needs to be just a little bit more consistent. It was kind of surprising there. There were just some easy drops that he had last year going back and, and watching the film. And it's odd because he'll he'll make such highlight plays, you know, go up and make the the circus one-handed grab over a DB. And then he'll just like drop a comeback, which is kind of odd, you know. So hopefully he can limit some of that type of stuff and, and continue to do his thing. It's gonna be tough with the with CD Lamb, you know, now in the picture. I, I do think the lack of preseason should benefit Gallup in that regard early. So, you know, maybe he's able to get off to a hot start, establish that nice, you know, chemistry and rhythm early, especially with Amari likely receiving most of the attention from the number one corner on the other team. And, you know, maybe Gallup can just kind of get himself going enough early that it won't really matter that Lamb comes into the picture. And and like Werder said, you know, they're going to go with a ton of three receiver sets. It's really similar to BC Johnson in Minnesota, who is is going to be competing with Justin Jefferson. You know, you always have talent that's going to be coming behind you at the NFL, but you just got to go out and do your thing. And if Michael Gallup does that, I think he should be in for a really nice year. You know, people are expecting Dak to go out and ball out because he's trying to get that money. That's going to benefit him. I think they're going to throw the football a lot more than they used to, especially uh, with, you know, Mike McCartney taking over. I don't know. I just, I think Gallup's in for a nice year. But, you know, just given the fact that there are two other legit number one wide receivers, we don't really know what we're going to see with Dak. He's kind of up and down sometimes. That's kind of why I have him in that tier two and, and not tier one, at least as of now. For BC Johnson on the Minnesota Vikings, kind of going out on a limb here. I think he I think he quietly could, you know, be in for a big year. I have Adam Thielen on my fantasy team, so it's going to be kind of, it'll be 
you know, kind of a weird feeling because I'm going to be rooting for BC to score, but I need Thielen to score for my own team. But at the end of the day, you know, those those personal allegiances will always overtake a fantasy team. But he, he's going to at least start the year as as a starting wide receiver. You know, Jefferson's definitely going to push him. You don't you don't take a guy that early not to play him. But, you know, we saw in, in a limited role last year, BC was able to produce when his number was called. I think, you know, Rudolph and, and Dalvin Cook and some of these other guys are going to command a lot more attention in the red zone. And maybe that's where a guy like BC can come in and, and you know, catch five, six, seven touchdowns this season and just kind of be that guy that, that helps fill the gap. Uh, I've talked a lot in, in the past about BC's relationship with Gary Kubiak. Well, Gary Kubiak is, is the OC now. You know, Kubiak's the entire reason that that BC even got drafted by Minnesota. He was, you know, pounding on the tables. You know, BC has told me that before. He's, you know, without Kubiak, I'm, I'm probably not here. Now, you know, Kubiak being the OC, I think that should benefit BC because they have that established relationship. He knows that he can rely on him. Where, where I'm a little bit hesitant is I think back to some of those Texans offenses, even, you know, his time in Denver. Obviously, you know, we won Super Bowl 50 with Kubes. He's the man, you know, Broncos legend through and through. But he's not necessarily a dude that that loves to, you know, throw the football all over the place. And, and from a fantasy perspective, that would make me nervous. And then that's kind of why I have BC as, you know, fringe tier two, tier three guy. I put him on tier two because he earned that starting role. And I do think he is going to be a solid receiving threat for the Vikings, particularly in the red zone. Like I said, where some of those other guys are going to command a little bit more attention. But, you know, it's kind of a prove-it year for BC. And, and that's that's kind of a perfect way to transition into the Tier 3 guys because it is a definitely a prove-it year for Rashard Higgins with the Cleveland Browns. Now, Tier 3 is... I wouldn't draft him. I would maybe pick him up, add Adam as a free agent. I'd keep him on the back burner. You know, add him to your, to your watch list, all of that stuff. Uh, but right now, they're kind of in a position where I think they have potential enough to talk about him but I wouldn't necessarily add him yet. And, and that's where I'm at with Richard Higgins only had four catches last year. So it's, it's kind of tough to, to pound on the table and be like, you got to draft this guy, especially when they have, you know, Jarvis Landry and OBJ and all these other receiving options. I do think, you know, we are going to see a much better year out of Hollywood. I think he's going to play a lot more. I think that established rapport that he already has with Baker Mayfield is going to come into the picture, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to prove it. And as much as I like the guy, you know, I can't really honestly tell you that I would use a fantasy pick on him because that's just, it's not the truth yet. I, I want it to be, but we're not quite yet, there yet. Keeping things rolling with the tier three guys, we're going to get into a couple of a former pokes now. And that's with running back Brian Hill. Really, really nice college career with the Cowboys, a guy who I enjoyed watching a lot, ran really powerful, really, really a big asset to Josh Allen during those years. Because like I said, he just, they didn't have a lot of talent at wide receiver. I uh, I wouldn't expect a ton of production out of Brian Hill early. He's going to be their backup, but they they have said that they do intend to play him. Obviously, Gurley's going to be their guy, but we we just don't really know what we're going to get. Are we going to get the Todd Gurley from four years ago? Or are we going to get the Todd Gurley from the, these last couple of years? Who you know hasn't been that scary? And I'm I'm obviously rooting for Gurley to do well. It's been unfortunate to see kind of what's happened with his injury history. But because of that, you know, Brian Hill is kind of a guy that you're going to want to keep your eyes on. Wouldn't take him. I wouldn't draft him, but definitely keep him on the watch list because, 
you know, if Gurley goes down, he's probably going to get more reps. He could be a red zone threat anyways, just with the power style that he runs. Keep an eye on Brian Hill. Just keep an eye on him. Uh, t- final tier three guy, tight end Jacob Hollister with Seattle. Ah, you know, I- I'd move him to tier two. Now that, now that I'm even thinking about it, let's just move him to tier two. Started his career with the Pats, didn't do a whole lot. Uh, classic underrated Bill Belichick find. Broke out with Seattle last year. You know, Russell Wilson, they love to get him on the move. They love to do rollouts. I think that really makes a guy like Hollister pretty valuable, a tight end that can move a little bit, you know, get open in the open field. If you're a guy that can improvise, you know, Russ is going to find you. Last year, Hollister had 41 catches, three touchdowns in 11 games. If you're looking for depth at the tight end position, you know, Hollister, he's not an elite guy, but he's a guy who very deceptively could be in for, you know, like a six touchdown campaign. I would keep an eye on him. I think he's a really solid option guy that can, you know, can block for the run. He's a, he's a good receiving threat. I don't know. I, I'd keep an eye on Hollister. Like I said, I'd, I don't know if I would take him early, but if he's your number two tight end or a guy that you signed via free agency, could really, you know, be a, be a nice little, nice little sleeper pick for you. Cool, cool, cool. Those are, those are my main guys this year that I have an eye on. If I, if I forgot somebody, I'm sorry. I tried my best to get the, the best Mountain West players that I could think of. Uh, we'll do some some love real quick for the IDP. Obviously, you know, if you got a chance to take Bobby Wagner, I think he might be the best overall linebacker in all of football. I just love the way that guy plays. I'd give anything to have him on the Broncos. Shaquille Barrett, you know, NFL's leader in sacks last year. That's a no-brainer. Um, I, I'd almost go with Shaq over Bobby Wagner for an IDP perspective just because I think he'll probably get more sacks or, you know, I pretty much know he'll get more sacks as long as he stays healthy. But Bobby going to get more tackles, uh, more interceptions, probably going to force some fumbles. Just a beast. Both those guys are beasts. A lot of really good linebackers out of the Mountain West. Late, uh, Leighton Vander Esch, obviously, with the Cowboys, former Boise State linebacker. Logan Wilson with the Bengals, former Cowboys, uh, Wyoming Cowboys linebacker. And then Demarcus Lawrence, you know, defensive end with the Cowboys, former Boise State guy, a guy that just got paid. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm not I'm not really big on IDPs. I uh, also want to shout out a couple of safeties. DeMonte Kazee, former San Diego State guy uh, with the Falcons, and Chicago's Deshaun Gibson, former Pokes safety. So a lot a lot of really talented defenders. If we're going, you know, sheer talent, there's probably a better all Mountain West defense in the NFL than NFL, which is unfortunate from a from a fantasy football perspective, obviously. But I just wanted to make sure that I did acknowledge them for the IDP fans out there. Thank you to everybody that continues to support the podcast. Like I said, we're going to get kind of creative. We're going to have all kinds of guests. And we'll continue to talk about the latest news up with CSU, the Mountain West, college football, all of the above. But yeah, got to do what we got to do. Stay safe out there. Thank you to all the first responders and firefighters that continue to bravely battle all of these fires throughout the, the entire, you know, western half of the country, whether you're, you know, you're in Colorado, Oregon, Washington, California, Utah, uh, Nevada, I hope I got them all, Idaho, just know, you know, we are thinking of you and we will get through this. That's, that's been the message throughout 2020. Just got to keep pushing forward and eventually there will be a day when we're back in the stadium, when the, you know, half the freaking country won't be on fire. Everybody hopefully won't be so mad at each other from a political perspective and 
We'll be enjoying college football again, the thing that we all love so much, the thing that we hold so dearly. We look forward to it every fall. I'm certainly going to be in a weird spot, feel kind of lost without it, but we will persevere. That's all. That's all we can do. Stay strong. Fight on. 